Hey, if I were to ask you right now, what do you desire most? What would you say? Would you say a happy family? Would you say a good job? Would you say maybe less stress? Would you say maybe less anxiety, especially this time of year? Or maybe you would say financial stability. Well, those are all good things to want, but I think the problem is, and a lot of our answers to that question, what do you desire most, is that what generally happens is we're either let down, temporarily satisfied, or we end up desiring it again and again and again, and there's really no true fulfillment on the other side of that desire. And that makes it tricky, right? That makes it, that makes it tough, and that makes us wrestle with, am I desiring the right things? Am I wanting the right things? How do I know what to desire and all these things? And, and the problem is, it's not to say that you can't desire those things, but I think the question that we have to ask ourselves is, what do we desire? What do we desire? And why do we desire what we desire? Well, here's the here's big idea that I want us to look at today, and that is this. The things that we enjoy are generally the things that we desire. The things that we enjoy are the things that we end up wanting more of, the things that we delight in, the things that we indulge in. Those are the things that we desire because we enjoy them, and they're good things, and they're not bad things, and they're things that we want more of. And that makes it tricky, right? Because Sometimes we want the wrong things and, and sometimes we want more of the wrong things and sometimes we want the right things and we still don't know, man, am I wanting too much of the right thing? Is, is there such thing as, as too much good stuff, right? Um, no such, no, or too much fun, what's that mean, right? We got songs to talk about that and so it makes it tricky as we wade through the idea of, man, can I desire too much? Am I desiring the right thing? Am I desiring the wrong thing? How do I wade through that and how do I know what the answer to that is, Right? And so I think I do that, right? Sometimes I have this idea of, man, the grass is a little greener over there. And, and one of the other things that we can kind of run into if we're not careful is that we desire things that somebody else has, right? We look at them and we project and we say, man, that guy's doing pretty good. And um, that can be tricky too, because now our desires aren't shaped by what we think we need, but what we want. And um, I, I don't think I am immune to that by any means. In fact, I think I'll give you two examples from my own life. And the first one is this. This is something that I desire that I might actually enjoy, right? Not a bad thing. My one-year-old son is an absolute ball to be around. And I desire more time with him I, because I enjoy time with him. And I love being around him, especially as he wades through these next couple of months after being a one-year-old. And there's all these leaps and all these cognitive abilities and all these smiles and all these laughs. And I want more of that. I want to hang out with him more because I'm enjoying it and I'm enjoying our time together. Um, on the other side of that, I, I may desire it a little less as he goes through those grumpy phases, but at the end of the day, I am really loving this stage of his life, and so I'm enjoying it, and I'm desiring more time with him. However, the other side of that coin, the things that maybe I shouldn't desire, the things that are maybe a little overhyped in my head, um, I've been there too, and I've been on that side of the coin where the grass is greener in somebody else's bank account, and I've had desires based on what I thought about that person's marital relationship and, and desires about what I thought about that guy's family and his finances and, and soon uncovering that maybe those things aren't all they're cracked up to be, right? When I'm, when I'm doing that, when I'm looking at somebody else, when I'm having that grass is a little bit greener mentality and I realize, hey, maybe that guy doesn't have it all figured out. Stuff starts to come up and maybe his relationship isn't all that I'm seeing it as and, and maybe, I'm, maybe I'm reading a little too much into it because at the end of the day, we're all gonna struggle with something and if we're not careful, what we end up doing is saying, man, that guy's got it a lot better than I do and I want that and I desire that. And so now we're still wrestling with, am I desiring the right thing? Am I wanting the right thing? Am I wanting what he's got, what she's got? Am I wanting more of the good thing that I've got? 
And how do I know which of those things are good things and the right things to want and to desire because I still feel kind of empty and I still feel kind of unfulfilled and I'm still not sure if that's gonna lead to the right thing. And so it's, it's a tension that we wrestle with and I think maybe you too, maybe you've wrestled with that. Maybe you've wrestled with whether or not you're desiring the right things and whether or not you're wanting the right things and, and maybe you've desired more good things like, um, like your wife or your kids or, or time spent with family or time spent with friends and, and all of those things. Well, the good news is if you've wrestled with the things you should desire, the things you shouldn't desire, you're not alone. And um, desiring is not a bad thing. That's the other good news. Because naturally we're inclined to desire, we're wired to desire things. And I think that's why we enjoy things because we are supposed to want to, to, to not be miserable on this life, right? One of the things that Jesus says is that he came to give us life and life abundant. And I think, yes, he's talking about eternity, but I think the other thing he's saying is, man, you don't have to be miserable here either. You're allowed to enjoy this life based on the things that I've given you. And, and I'm giving you desires and I'm giving you wants and I'm letting you wade through that. And so it makes it really tricky. Um, and the good thing is, again, you're not alone with that. You're not the first person in history that's ever struggled with that idea. And so when we wrestle with that question, the beautiful thing about that is we get to look at this thing we call the Bible. We get to look at the text and we get to see, hey, what about other people? And what does God say about that in regard to other people as we wade through what we should desire and what we shouldn't desire? And so one of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Ecclesiastes. And here's how I know you're not alone because the, the author of the book of Ecclesiastes says this. He says, there's nothing new under the sun. Man, that's encouraging because what he's saying is, hey, there's gonna be problems that we deal with that people in the past have dealt with. There's gonna be wins that we have that people in the past have gotten. And there's gonna be tensions that we wrestle with that people in the past have wrestled with. And so oftentimes one of the things that we can do is look at that and say, okay, well, how did that pan out for that person? And how did that person wrestle with that? And how did that person get to the other side of that? And in this conversation, Man, how did that person know what he should or should not want? How did he know if it was the right thing to want, if it was the right desire? How did he know if there was too much of that right thing to want? How did he know if there was too much of that desire? And those are all good questions, and I think they're all questions that we should be asking because if we're not careful again, we can run into that tension of, man, I am looking for my desires to fulfill this hole inside of me that is not necessarily thing-shaped, that is not object-shaped, that's not family-shaped, that's not kid-shaped, that's not wife-shaped. Um, and, and so we end up having to figure out, man, what goes there? What, what am I missing? And how do I fulfill that with one of these desires? And so I wanna encourage you. You're not on an island as you think through those things and as you wonder those things. And the whole reason we're having this conversation is because I believe that scripture is gonna give us the right answer on how to navigate those things and how to deal with those tensions and how to wrestle and find the right and the wrong answer to this question. And so if you have your Bible today, what I want us to do is I wanna open up our Bible to first Matthew six. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. It's gonna be right here on the screen behind me. And what I'm gonna do today is something I don't usually do and something I, I truly don't really like to do a whole lot, but I'm gonna take two verses from two opposite ends of the Bible and we're gonna, we're gonna talk this morning about how those two things work in tandem and I think they're gonna help us answer that question and wrestle with that tension of what we desire, what we should desire and what that looks like. So if you have your Bibles, and you have uh, Matthew, so go to Matthew 6, and we're gonna look at this real quick, verses 19 through 21. Here's what it says. Don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust can destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's a lot here. What I want us to look at first is those first couple of verses, right? Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. I think what Jesus is saying right out the gate is, hey, 
the first thing that you're not gonna be fulfilled with are things. The first thing, as you try to fill that desire size hole, the first thing you don't need to look at are objects, are, are materialistic things, because that's not gonna do it. That might do it for a season and that might do it temporarily, but here's what he says. He says, don't store up for yourselves those treasures that we have here on earth, because at the end of the day, they're gonna be temporary, so temporary that moth and rust are gonna destroy them and, and potentially thieves are gonna come in and steal them. And the whole point that he's trying to make there is that these things are not eternal. And when it comes to desires, we've got an eternal hole that needs to be filled. And when we start looking at objects and things, we're gonna have a really hard time filling that hole with these objects and things. And so the next thing he says is, don't store up or, but, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So he says, okay, if we're not gonna store up temporary things, we're not gonna store up materialistic things, then where do we go? Where do we go for our treasures? Where do we go for the things that fulfill our needs? And the next thing he says is, hey, let's look at the object of eternity. Let's look at eternity. Let's look at heaven. Let's look at the God of heaven. Let's look at the Messiah. Let's look there when we start to have the conversation about where our desires should be and where our wants should be, because those are the things that are gonna start to fill that hole. And this next thing that he says, I think is huge because he's kind of sealing his point here in verse 21. And he says this, he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so as you're navigating the question of what should I desire, what should I want, what should that look like? Um, I think you can kind of answer that, that question for yourself already, right? We can look and say, hey, where is my treasure? What do I value the most? Right now in my life today, what am I valuing the most? Am I valuing family the most? Am I valuing things the most? Am I valuing my job the most? Am I valuing my paycheck the most, my car? Uh, all those things. Or maybe if you're, if you're rocking and rolling so far and you're with me, maybe I value Jesus the most. What does that look like? Um, but what Jesus is telling us it should not look like is storing up those desires and those wants and expecting them to fulfill us while we're here on earth, right? Those temporary materialistic things to do that. On the other side of that, hey, Jesus says, look for eternity because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so how do we, how do we navigate that then? Because if I, okay, AJ, I hear you, my treasure is there and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm maybe agreeing, that's where my heart is then, then how do I redirect those desires? How do I get those to the right place? How do I say, man, okay, I realize that's not where they need to be. Now I gotta pivot and I gotta get my heart in a good place. That's a great question. And that's where this second verse is gonna come into play. And this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible because um, it's kind of a play on words, but I think it gets the point across. And so remember verse 21 as we, uh, from Matthew as we look at this verse. The next verse is Psalm 37, four. Here's what David writes. He says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. At first glance, that looks kind of prosperity driven, right? It kind of looks like, man, God is my genie. And if I just believe in him, then he's gonna give me everything that I want. But <clears throat> when you put that verse up next to the verse in uh, Matthew chapter six, verse 21, then it starts to make a little more sense, right? Because remember in verse 21, he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then in verse 20, don't store up those treasures here on earth, but in heaven. <clears throat> and so now we look at this and we say, hey, maybe that doesn't really add up with those verses. And so maybe it could mean something else. And here's what I think David is saying. He's saying, take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart, your heart's desires. What he's not saying is take delight in the Lord and he's gonna give you everything you want. What I think he is saying is that when you delight in the Lord, your heart's desires are gonna be more of 
the Lord. It's gonna be more of God, right? When I'm delighting in God, what am I gonna want more of? God, because we delight in the things that we enjoy and we desire more of the things that we enjoy, like we said earlier. And so if I enjoy a good sleeve of Oreos and some cold milk, man, I am going to delight the next time that I get to that sleeve of Oreos and some cold milk. But if I'm delighting in Jesus, then man, my heart's desire is gonna be one thing and one thing only, more of Jesus. And that is that eternal thing that I think he's talking about in Matthew chapter six. He's saying, hey, don't store up your treasures here. Store up your treasure in eternity with me where it can be eternal and it's not gonna be temporary and we don't have to worry about tomorrow because we know that we're secure in, in Jesus, in the person of Jesus and he's saying in me. And so I think that's what David's saying in that Psalm. He's saying, man, if you just delight yourself in God, if you spend time with God, what you're naturally gonna want is more of God. And what happens when we do that, when we start to desire more of God, is we start to have um, less temporary satisfactions, right? Less question marks on what's gonna happen next or what the implications of what happens next are. And we're just gonna start to rest in the person of Jesus and, and take heart because we know that our relationship with God is sealed and it is eternal. And that is what I wanna encourage you with today. As you wade through what we desire, what we should desire, what we don't wanna desire, what we've been desiring, man, now is the good time to pivot and shift your focus to desiring in Jesus and delighting in Jesus, right? Especially because we're watching this on January 3rd and January 3rd is the new year, right? And so a lot of us right now, um, as we're watching this, have set up New Year's resolutions and they might be one day old, they might be two days old and you might do it again in a week and you might set up those New Year's resolutions again in a month because you failed. But if there's one thing I can encourage you with this morning today, it is that I want you to take time and say, hey, I'm gonna shift my focus in one direction. If I don't do anything else, if I don't jump into the next weight loss fad, if I, if I don't do uh, financial planning, I want you at the very least to say, I'm gonna make time this year to start being intentional and starting to delight in God and so that I can desire more of God. Because when you desire more of God, here's what happens. Things start to fall into place because enjoying the right thing is gonna allow you to desire the right thing. More things are gonna fall into place because when I start to enjoy more of God, here's what's gonna happen is I'm gonna want more of God. And what's gonna happen is I'm not gonna be so worried about those other things like financial stability. And I'm not gonna worry about what happens at work that day because at the end of the day, I know, man, my treasure's in heaven and my joy is in Jesus. And it doesn't matter what today or tomorrow throws at me because I know A, what God has said and B, who he is and what that means for me on the other side of tomorrow and eternity. And here's the beautiful thing about that is that we don't just have to wait, like I said earlier, um, for tomorrow. We don't just have to wait for eternity. But like I said, when Jesus said he came to give us life and life abundant, I think that absolutely applies to now because when we delight in Jesus and he gives us more of himself and we start to want more and more and that good cycle starts rolling, here's what happens is I start to be more joyful because I start to have a better understanding of the God that loves me and what he means to me and what he wants for me. The other thing that happens is I start to become more content I'm more content because I understand, hey, it's not all about X, Y, Z anymore. It's entirely about Jesus. So I don't have to worry about my treasures here on earth. I get to look solely to my treasures in heaven in the person of Jesus. You become more at peace because now you're not worrying about one or two, right? You're worrying about Jesus and who Jesus is and you're not worrying about the outcomes of tomorrow because you understand that the God you're in a relationship with is in control of all those things. And the other thing is you're less worried about people's grass, right? Earlier I said, the grass always seems a little greener on the other side of the fence. And now I'm a lot less worried about what other people have while they're here on earth because I know what I have in Jesus in eternity. And then 
<clears throat> we begin to run the good things we enjoy, like, like Dax, like my son, through the lens of temporary fulfillment, and we don't rely on those things to fill a hole that only Jesus is designed to fill. And so I get to enjoy Dax, and I get to love Dax, and I get to enjoy those moments, and those aren't bad things, but now I get to understand the obligation of, man, what, what is God's role for me in Dax's life? What is God's role for you in the life of your job? What is God's role for you in the life of your marriage? Those are the questions that we start to filter through this lens, right? Because now it's not about me. It's not about my desires. It's about entirely what Jesus wants of me and what my role is in that process. So maybe this is the first time you're hearing this. And maybe you're, maybe you're still wading through this and maybe you're still kind of unsure. Um, but the, what I want you to hear this morning as we jump into the new year, if, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, is that there is a God who loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And this peace, this contentment, this joy, um, this desire, the, this lack of earthly treasures and, and this, this getting of heavenly treasure in a relationship with him is all here and accessible for you. And I know that's, that's a difficult thing to hear. And one of the things that I actually said at our Lake City campus past, or our Lake City um, campus this past Sunday was that this is a big conversation. It's not a small conversation. And so right now what we have, if this is a conversation you wanna have is a, a live prayer chat option. And you can click on that window and it'll send you into a private chat room where you can have a private conversation with somebody about starting this relationship with a God who loves you. And we're there and we wanna ask questions and we wanna have conversations. We wanna hear you ask questions and we wanna answer those questions. And maybe that prayer chat isn't even the entire conversation we get to have. Um, maybe we can sit on a Zoom call or maybe we can grab coffee or whatever you wanna do on the other side of that conversation. We said this past Sunday, that is one of the most important things that we do, if not the most important thing that we do. So we wanna carve time out to make that happen. And maybe you're not, a, maybe this isn't uh, the first time you're hearing this. And maybe you are a Christian and maybe you've had a relationship with Jesus, but you've watched some of your concerns and anxieties and desires pivot. And you've watched them kind of leave and you've seen yourself become more concerned with the things around you than maybe the things that God wants you to be concerned with, the relationship with him. That's okay. Today is a great day and timely day at that to pivot and say, okay, today I want to reshift my focus. And if that's a conversation you wanna have, we're more than happy to have that conversation in the live prayer chat. We want to do that. We want to have those conversations with you. So if that is you today and you're ready to pivot and you're ready to say, hey, I have not been doing maybe the things that I need to be doing or I've not been taking this as seriously as I should. And I've seen that because the anxiety and the frustrations and the concerns are all weighing on me. Let's have that conversation. I would love to do that with you. Other than that, that's what I have for you today. I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna jump into a recap and another worship song. Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much that the desire that you want us to have is more of you. And when we have that desire, man, it is nothing short of the best thing that we could ever have and we could ever want. So I pray that this morning as people are listening and they're waiting through this conversation, um, that you would help them desire more of you, that right now you would um, prick their heart and, and help them start this conversation with you um, as we wade through what we need, what we want in you. Father, we love you and we're so grateful for you. In Jesus' name, amen.